0: Nova Entertainment and Media Week presents In Her Own Words, a podcast series featuring interviews with a selection of interesting women in diverse media roles. The series looks at their stories of resilience, career highs and lows, and how they juggle the demands of life and people around them. I've always respected anybody who says, all right, I've got this opportunity. That's what really gets me going in life. I was different. I was definitely different. It is absolutely life-changing. Women are very good at doing what we do. In this episode, Media Week editor James Manning chats to Claire Marshall, a woman whose confidence, charisma and industry experience landed her dream job. Claire is one of the driving forces behind Nova's Premier Live music brand, Nova's Red Room.
1: Claire Marshall. Welcome to the Women of Nova Entertainment Podcast.
0: Thank you so
2: much, James Manning. I'm so pleased to be here.
1: (laughs) I'm so pleased to be talking to you. I mean, I've been lucky enough to see you in action for um, a good few years now, I guess. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm super excited to hear about what you're doing now, talk about the role. But I guess we should probably start, give maybe some of the people who don't know you Mm. that well, just a, a little quick history, if you like. A um, couple of decades in radio, was sure sort of right?
2: Yeah, it's actually been probably, yeah, just on uh, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I started out on air and I did that for 14 years and then moved to being in programming and as a music director and, and then um, over here as music marketing director and looking after live music, which is just my little niche.
1: I love it. I've seen you in action. Um, and I often think, I reckon you've got the best job And over, I think, sometimes, but which doesn't mean, of course, it's the easiest job, but I think it must be pretty rewarding and we'll probably get to that. But but a lot of people think maybe being on air Mm. is the ultimate in radio, but you seem to have thrived both on air and then post that.
2: Yeah, I made the choice to actually move off air and kind of move and look into a broader career in radio, which included programming, predominantly because I think from a longevity standpoint, and I really wanted it, Mm. you know, and I think that, yes, being on air, it's got its rewards, no shadow of a doubt, but for me, I think I was after just a little bit more, and I still, you know, obviously when you're on air, that is a job in itself, Mm. you are having to be in the best mood 99.9% of the time, and yeah, so I've got a lot of respect for that as well.
1: Because to an outsider it looks like you're not working, right? When you seen people joking around the studio? They go, "Well, how hard can it be?" But you're working.
2: You're working hard, (laughs) you know. And particularly when you're in teams, you are. You are. Yep, working Mm. on hours. You are. You are on all Mm. the time, which is actually very similar to this job too. And I suppose that's part of my personality in that you. You just pull it from somewhere and you keep going. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what's the title? What's your official title?
2: Music Marketing Director. Okay. Yeah. So I basically look to market music and push artists that are aligned with our music strategy. And because I've got a that kind of programming background and I've been with this network for such a long time, I think having that insight has really helped in terms of kind of shaping it to what it's become now, which I think is something that is representative of what this network is about music, which is passionate. It's its number one driver. So I feel very fortunate to be a part of that.
1: I know you best from the Nova Red Rooms, which I guess is the highest profile part of your job. Yep. Can it really be true there's been 170?
2: There's been a lot, like over 200 artists all up that have performed in the Red Room. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's been a pretty long list i got to say, since 2012.
1: I'm guessing you would have been at a lot of those.
2: Yeah, most of most them. Hours. Yeah, I think 2014 is when I started in the role. It was really great because I was kind of given some leeway in terms of shaping it. And also the role itself, I think, had the real breadth to be able to really push it. And relationships for this particular job are such a massive driver. And the history of relationships that I had with a lot of people and also the new ones that I kind of forged and that are real, you know, they're not kind of fair-weathered relationships. They're actually genuine engagement. And I think that's what drives a lot of the success of it too and being able to have those honest conversations and be able to buoy each other up and understand each other's industries, whether it's a record label or whether it's a, a promoter, you get what the other person's trying to achieve, they get what you're trying to achieve and you just look to collaborate and make great things happen.
1: Tell me about what sort of challenges do you face, I guess, particularly maybe in that red room? Mm. It's a bit more of a competitive space maybe than than when you guys sort of of pioneered it really.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it's a little bit more competitive now than what it used to be, but I think that's healthy because I don't think you can always just kind of own something nobody ever does anymore if you really think about it everybody's trying to forge their own their own kind of space and try and own it and i think that's actually really healthy but i think we are the ones that have 100 percent truly driven it from the get-go and have not taken our foot off the pedal and
1: don't intend to did you grow in confidence in that role or did you feel really good and on top of it when you started? I'll be honest.
2: <laughs> I can, can I be really blunt? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when this job, it was an internal email that had come up to say that somebody was moving into a different market and the role was going to be moved into um, back into Sydney. And I saw this internal email come up from uh, Paul Jackson, who is one of my direct reports and uh, group PD, Ledge, and I saw it and I thought, I had a gut instinct of that's mine. You know when you just think, Oh, I want that. And mm. I can absolutely see myself doing that. And I was at Perth at the time as an MD. And so I went and I saw him and I said, you know, I see that you sent an email. And I made a special trip to Sydney to see him. And he was like, what the f- are you doing here? <laughs> I'm like, well, I saw you. you night. trip. I know. That? It's a massive trip from Perth. <laughs> I do. It's bloody oh. four hours, love. <laughs> four, four, four and a half. Anyway, so yeah, so I said, I- I've seen that you posted that and, um, I'd like it. I, I want it. And he's like, do you? Mm. I'm like, yes. Now, when I had that conversation with Paul, I thought, no, I, that is 100% what my next step is going to be. Of course, once you do that you get the job and then you start to think, holy crap, like, can I actually pull it off? And I think the thing is and the thing to remember is that nobody ever takes a job 100% knowing that they're going to be able to smash it out of the park. If you do, you're a narcissist, hmm. I think. So uh, whilst you may have that initial feeling of that's where I'm going to go, when it comes down to it, you're naturally going to have... Those thoughts and feelings of what exactly is expected of me here, and what actually does that do, or how am I going to make it work? And, and I think you you feel your way through it, and that's exactly what I did, to be honest. So in the beginning, was I confident? Ah, uh, I had my moments, but generally speaking, I was quite confused. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm really, really honest. yeah, can't believe I've said that out loud, but it's true. I was well, a Well, I think confused. a lot of people
1: feel that. Yeah, 100%. You, know. new you can job. feel that after you've been in the role for a while. too.
2: 100%, yes. What are they, mate?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, new city, new mates, carving yeah. out a new life at 34. So I was a little bit later making such a massive and very ambitious career move, but I did back myself in. Hmm. You have to, I think.
1: Did Claire Marshall change much no, for that role? No. And did you ever feel you had to? Or no. You no, know, just sort of it felt felt right? Absolutely. And, mm. Yeah,
2: no, I've never changed no matter what job I've had. I think the minute that you have to or that you do, well, you know. Yeah. It's unfortunate if you feel that you have to do that. Mm. Uh, but I've never felt that I've had to do that. I've felt very accepted all the time as the person that I am, So, which I'm, I feel very lucky,
1: yeah. Whenever I see you, it's usually nights, yes. weekends. Yes,
2: you're seeing me during the day now, Love. I mean, I know I must it's look unusual. quite unfamiliar to you. I'm not in my show, Blacks. I mean, <laughs> James, how are you? Go, go past. Still you. got a lot of black on. Yeah, me. I do.
1: <laughs> so tell me about that. How does? I guess you're not out every night working. Can you pinch me at a bit of time out of your weekday schedule if you've done a lot of hours? And...
2: Um, look, I think no. You work the hours that you need to work and also want to work, but but I think predominantly, I think in this job and in a lot of jobs, you do what is needed. And anybody that I know in the music industry will tell, like, their lives are not their own, ever, and they have it a lot rougher than what I do. (laughs) You know, out every night, at gigs every night. You know, I do feel fortunate that I can kind of have those nights where you can sit back and chill out. So I feel like I've got a bit of a balance. But if we're really busy and we're in a really busy period and, you know, you might have multiple shows a week or you might have shows on on the same night in different markets, you've got to split the team up. It happens and you just rally and you do it. I'm lucky I've got a couple of great women that work on my team, so
1: it's good. I'm guessing the on-air role probably prepared you for working with artists in a way. You've, yeah. You've you've had to you deal with record companies, PRs. Yes, yep. You meet artists and mm-hmm. they all differ in their sort of attitude and the way they yep. treat people, I guess. So was yes. that fortunate?
2: Yes, definitely. Yeah, 100%. And some of them that I used to interview, I we now do sh- shows. It mm. was quite funny, really. <laughs> but, um yeah, no, I think that gave me a really great kind of understanding in terms of how they work. And they're just people at the end of the day. I mean, they're people doing what they love, whether you're in a label or whether you're in a band. They're doing what they really enjoy, which is the same as me. So I think that, it yeah, it did give me a, a little bit of insight in terms of how to approach them because... You know, some can be a little difficult, but at the end of the day, isn't everybody, if you've had a bad day and you've been on the road for 50,000 days and all you want to do is go home to your family, yeah, you bet. So you just got to be understanding that, I
1: think. Sort of answers what I was going to ask you about. What do you love most?
2: Ooh, I love the people. Mm. That's actually my biggest driver, to be fair. The people and the music and the fact that everybody is so passionate about what they do and the friendships that I've made, And the people I meet, I'm, yeah, the people is the biggest, the biggest heart pull for me.
1: Music, um, some people can be precious, have big ears, and I think it's probably true in a lot of industries, not just 100%. music.
2: hundred percent, right? yes.
1: Somehow music gets liable a little bit with that, maybe unfairly at times. Sometimes. It's because
2: of the rider doll, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? That is the thing, hmm. you know, if you Still, want a thousand...
1: I'm sure the CEO of a bank can have a pretty good writer if he wants <laughs> yeah. <one> too, right? <laughs> If
2: you and, asked him, yeah. 100 <laughs> wouldn't you think so?
1: <laughs> but anyway, do you have to be aware of that, though, and do you need to tread carefully at times and... Um,
2: Yes, there are some artists where you would have to tread a bit careful, but most of them are pretty approachable. The ones that you think are potentially going to be a little bit, uh, Mm. they're actually the most lovely.
1: Mm. I'm guessing a lot of people would pick up that you're enthusiastic, that you're, you know, you're happy to be working with them, which I think Mm. often maybe shapes how they deal with people.
2: A 100%. It's a matter of being able to make people feel at ease. Hmm. You know, it's all of our jobs. That's your job too, James. <laughs> like your job when you're talking to somebody, some big head on top of a media organizer. Your job at that point is to make them feel like they can open up and talk to you. Hmm. And it's exactly my job too.
1: Working in the music business, I mean, if you've got to be resilient to get what you want, because there's a lot of people who want what you're after. Yeah, and you've got to be, I guess, persistent and yeah, have a plan, execute it. And new relationships?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think resilience comes into play when you're looking at pressure and there's loads of it both in media and everywhere really and in music. So being able to kind of navigate through those tricky situations and when you're dealing with deadlines and your deadlines are not other people's deadlines and you've got to be understanding of that and you've got to just breathe through those moments, you know. And I think the word resilience is so important actually And it's something that I was only talking to my partner, Rich, about the other day with um, my stepdaughter, Mia, because she's 11 turning 12. And we were talking about being that age and what you want to teach your kids. And I think teaching them resilience is probably the single most important thing you can ever teach at Mm. that age. Mm. It's going to serve them so well when it comes to life because not everything is handed to you on a silver platter and not everything is easy and you've got to be able to take a deep breath and just work your way
1: through it. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest challenge, double-edged question here, biggest challenge and um, best career decision?
2: Best career decision was definitely moving to Sydney and taking this role and actually putting my hand up for it. It was a big thing for me to do. Uh, I never thought I'd do it a few years prior to, that I was happy staying in Perth. I'd traveled, I'd lived in different markets, I'd lived overseas, I'd done the do, I was done. But I think the, for some reason, a little fire was ignited. So definitely best career decision was this, was this one. And it brought the rest of my life, to be fair. It brought me my partner, it brought me my stepkids that it's made my life feel very full. So mm. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And the biggest challenge, I don't know that I've faced the super biggest challenge yet. I love a challenge. It's actually part of what motivates me the most, to try and negotiate your way through those bad boys. That's one of my greatest loves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can I ask you about women in management positions? Yes. There's a lot more focus on it now. It's hard to believe we've had to wait. This long to to try and write this wrong, but anyway, there's a Mm. there's a lot of focus on it now. Mm. Thoughts on that and how women deal with other women in the workplace, and
2: I mean, I think you read stuff. I read stuff all the time about women should support other women, and they absolutely bloody should. In fact, people should just support people in doing what they want to do, and it doesn't matter what your sex is. Mm. You know, you have to elevate people across the board to help them get where they want to go. I think the fact that it's taken such a long time to see strong women in management, I think is uh, a shame, because I think probably years ago, it did come down to a bit of sexism. I mean, didn't it? Well, yeah. 100%. Quite a bit. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So, it's good that that seems to be taking a bit of a backseat. I think it can go more, though. Oh, yeah. I like a 100%. Mm. But I think this business is great in terms of, um, because we're also led by a woman, one that... When we're all older, we'd love to be, Kath (laughs) O'Connor. I mean, the woman runs every day. She freaking manages a massive entertainment company.
1: Does it quite well. She does
2: it pretty well. I mean, that's the hot rumour. No, she is. She's brilliant. And she's one of the only women that sits on boards, for God's sake. You know what I mean? I mean, that's extraordinary. So I think having a woman like that, Leading a business like ours does nothing but put us in an absolute stellar position in terms of elevating women into strong roles that they belong in, I think, at the end of the day.
1: Where do you get your inspiration?
2: Oh, my sister, my family, actually. I come from a family of women, so I've got three older sisters and I'm pretty inspired by them. My elder sister, Kerry, however, and I are probably the most quite similar. And then there's my other sister, Julie. She's probably the same. We're all quite the same to be fair. Our ethos are all very the same too. So, yes, yeah, so I'm inspired by them. And I'm also inspired by um, by my mum, who's no longer here. And then also my partner, Rich, who's just a freaking winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a, what a man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's great. Yeah. yeah. No, you sound lucky. Yeah, very. Families are, you can't beat it. No. Do you think strategically about your career? Have to. And do you have a plan and- What what if, what, you know, things like that. I was
2: definitely strategic, I think, coming into the role in terms of where I wanted to take it. That was 100% a strategy because if you didn't have one, you were screwed. Hmm. But I've given myself a little time to now just sit back and enjoy it. I've always been a bit of a person that's always gone, what's next for me? And I did that for a lot of years, but I've turned 40 this year. I know. I mean, it's so hard to believe. Can you believe it? I can't well, look, believe
1: it. I'm, I'm looking shocked. Right? I am mean, shocked.
2: can you believe it, Rachel? I can't believe it. I'm shocked. But I have turned 40. And so I am just enjoying it at the minute. And I think that's, it's probably the first time that I've done that in my life to just go and go, you know what? I've bloody been strategic about my stuff for a long time. I'm now going to enjoy it. Hmm. And we'll see where it goes. Yeah. But in terms of um, this business, this is the pinnacle for me. I mean, I have such respect for every other department, obviously, but because music is such a core passion for me, to move away from this would be a pretty tough ask.
1: You sound like you're in a very good place. Mm. Um, Do you feel like you've sort of got it all?
2: Interesting question, James, and can I just say to you, it was quite funny because only the other day I was taking a little walk. I was walking home from work and I actually had this thought of going, holy crap, I actually have the life that I always wanted for myself. Isn't that funny? When you take a moment to kind of sit back and go... Crap, I actually don't want anything more. So
1: it creeps and up on you.
2: It <laughs> does creep up on you. It creeps up on you. you go. Well, goodness gracious me, isn't that amazing? So I feel like I have everything that I have ever wanted in my life, yes. Did I ever think that that was going to happen? Absolutely not, Because I'd been single for such a long time and my career was my absolute driver forever, up until two years ago. And it's still a big driver but it now shares a little seat with my relationship. But I'm lucky because my partner also works in the business, so okay. which is great. He yeah. understands and gets my Neurosis, which is awesome.
1: For people, and I might finish with this, yep. for people who listen to this are inspired by you, and I certainly have been during this interview and, mm. and all the times I've ever met you, to mm. be honest, knowing what you know now, mm. what sort of advice would you have for people? Or advice, would you have done things differently or would you have... Mm. Would you tell people that, you know, you 10 years ago? Mm.
2: I think the biggest thing is that you you do have to be pretty clear on what you want. You absolutely have to be focused on what it is that you're after. And then you also have to be patient because it's not all going to land in your lap at once. And it's just not. I mean, it's so rare. Do you know what I mean?
1: Have you got to communicate that to others too?
2: Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Because
1: you could feel it, but other people mightn't see it. Yeah, correct. Because people have different personalities.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I think you do. You just have to, and you also have to back yourself in. You know what I mean? Because nobody else does it for you, and that is a freaking fact. Like, they actually don't. They will support you, right, and they'll elevate you, but at the end of the day, it comes down to you actually taking that and running with it. And so, yeah. So I think that's some key advice from
1: little, stuff. So don't be too shy and don't be too shy. Pushing your own sort of, no,
0: but also
2: don't be a twat. I mean, that's the other one. Don't be, you've got to be authentic. Find that
1: middle ground.
2: (laughs) Correct. No, but you actually also have to be real and you have to be authentic. I think because a lot of people can see through stuff now and the industry is no longer really built on that type of. Faux engagement. It's now all pretty grounded. Well, my experience, I feel very fortunate in that. Might not be the same everywhere else, but yeah, it's how I operate anyway. James Manning,
1: very impressive <laughs> operator you are. Let me <laughs> let me add my modest endorsement for what it's worth. Oh, but, thanks, James. But look, um, great talking to you. Yeah, really, you too. Really good to see you today.
0: Yeah,
2: you too, James. Take care, mate.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of In Her Own Words. To hear more episodes from Inspirational Women as part of this podcast series, subscribe at Apple Podcasts, listen at novaentertainment.com.au or wherever you get your podcasts.